It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Our series on the Californian beachhead. All these humans. Anyways, but humans may actually gain abilities uh, after they get captured, experimented on by the Martians, or uh, hit with various outrageous rays and things like that, such as, uh, again, from uh, Space Invaders, optical welding. I thought that was like the coolest thing where he's beams of light are coming out of his eyes. He's using it to weld things with, you know. It says exceptional strength, of course, you know, radio, oh, yeah. radio hearing where, you know, you actually can, you know, hear the Martians communicating, you know, uh, any, anything else? Why, 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 why I want to listen to the Martians communicate? I'm top 40, you know, Casey Kasem. Well, radio as an also like shortwave radio or even walkie talkie radio, because people had hey. lots of walkie talkies in those days because they didn't have cell phones. And. Oh, great. Now, I can't remember the name for it, what Truckers had. They it, had the CB radio. radio. Sure, that's available, too. So, you know, you might have one person who actually has this ability, and so someone might go over and get on their CB radio in their car and, and say, hey, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 all these names. Uh, you know, Judy, Judy, come on. He says, get over, you know, grab Brad and get over to the, you know, uh, the, to, to, you know, to SeaWorld. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a great source of list of possible powers because uh, it's now available on, on uh, publicly available uh, is the the old Marvel superheroes game had this complete list of all the Marvel superhero powers. You know, you just go, oh, I'll have one of those and one of those. That's what I got. You know, I, I, yes, I, I I look normal, but you know, hey, poke me with that stick, boink. I got my skin's like silicone rubber. Right. So yeah, you know, and and what I uh, and uh, Jeanette, you know, was uh, somebody like that where you know, she, you know, she's I had her start off with that, but she this was some mm -hmm. some of these things could be things that she could have gained over time, like fast healing. Yeah, I think would be a nice it would be a nice oh, yeah. perk to hand somebody, you know, where you know they 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 regenerate, you know, as long as you don't kill them, they all come back. It does have a downside. Her the fact that she, her flesh is basically aramid fiber. When it comes, if I'm looking for you know, you know light body armor, or it would be heavy body body. Well, looking at the fact you're having machine gun bolts bounce off of her heavy body armor, but it does because it's it's you know it's because we're being very pulpish. It's just like regular flesh, it doesn't. But bolts bounce but off. But bolts it. bounce off of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, which means if she has to have any surgery done, they they need to get the really sharp stuff to cut in. Yeah, well, it. that's never going to happen because she heals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Oh, that's right. Yes, she regenerates. So she heals without scarring. So yes, she regenerates. Yeah. So all she's missing is a pair of adamantium claws that she can pop out of her back of her hands, and she's ready to go. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, she's basically just just imagine like you know in in what uh, uh, is it One Piece eight uh, uh you know the, the guy who's made out of rubber. Oh, the the lead character, yeah. um, Luffy, who's the Fluffy, Luffy. That's right. Yes. Al Luffy. Luffy. L- Luffy. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. She she literally bounces. <laughs> so you know, so she she'll she'll like you know drive on a motorcycle and throw herself off of it, you know, and take out somebody. You know, someone says, you know, it'd be really dangerous to try this. She's like, I'm good. As they say, you know, hold my beer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, yeah, but and because this uh, is the, the California beach culture, it's real. I think it's really important that players be w- rewarded for using all the different, you know, all the different dialogues and, and jargon of the California beach culture. So I included in your your handout like three pages worth of of uh, of things to use, and they should always pepper that. And so there should be some mechanic involved in the game where when you use these terms you get rewarded either with a yum yum if you're doing quags or you know uh, especially a good a really good one another benny or if you're doing uh, uh, savage worlds or something like that just because you know you're you're really you know you're really adding to the game when you bring in the the, the right kind of dialogue and there is there is a valley speak translator but it's not very good and it's valley speak so it's not proper and there is the complete surf slang dictionary out there, so consider Bruce's list as a start. Yes, yes. You know, this is this is actually off the internet. Uh, you know, I basically kind of stole this, but probably it's okay because you know it's a. <laughs> I mean, is I'm sure that the, these words are are in probably fairly common lexicon. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, and the only people we really haven't talked about yet. Well, first of all, there are some you know some people that are. Uh, that you might run into that you've got to be really careful about. And that's the human traitors mm-hmm. because, you know, every, in every war, you know, there's the Quislings. There's the people that basically said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're, they're the, the evil priests in Call of Cthulhu who says, okay, the yeah. earth's going to come to an end, but I'll be the last one eaten. Yep. Or the folks who go, I like the way you wear that polyester. Exactly. Since the Martians actually think polyester is is a good thing. Everything bad, everything that's like a bad idea that isn't stylish, is something that the Martians somehow think is a good idea. They just don't get it. So that's one of the ways of identifying the Martians. You know, they they're the ones that will, you know, have have that that dog on velvet with, you know, each of them wearing Elvis outfits up on their walls. Okay, they're the ones that 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 have pink flamingos, you know, uh, all over their front yards. Uh, they're the ones that uh, actually think that wearing, you know, 50 pounds of fake gold chain, you know, the, the ones that get, gets, have pants made out of Naga hide. I'm thinking of, of Frank Bonner's character from WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay. He was the salesman. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, who always yeah. Worked- somebody that... that that should not be successful yet somehow is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and not and not the 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 stylish way, like say the way that you know, like Dan, you know, from uh, Night Court. He was he he was you know, he was very smarmy, but he was also stylish and successful. Okay, these guys are more like Bull. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just imagining that the, the, the uh, I'm trying to remember the character's name. Oh, uh, he basically, he's the only person who could stand there in a, in a plaid polyester suit with matching pants and make it work. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are Austin Powers, you know, when he was brought forward in time. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're 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 just basically they they're out they're completely out of step. It's like they 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 made their plans based upon twenty years ago data, and they should, Herb Turlick. Yeah. Herb Turlick. Oh yeah. God, yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> right. All these characters. So so playing the Martians is easy. You just have to you just have to play somebody who is essentially way out of step with what's really going on around them. But at the same time, they're going to be hot. They're still going to be highly competent because they're very smart, but at the same time, they're you know they're always going to be missing something essential. Otherwise, the player characters you know aren't going to uh, would would probably die. Yeah, so we want to give them yeah. some ability to be thwarted. You know, mostly again, you know, ch- you know, uh, Susie, you know, hey, I dropped my top. What? <laughs> <laughs> Put those fleshy things away. I'm not interested. <laughs> well, actually, they, they wouldn't be. Okay. I mean, you think, but they are. They are. So strange. And, of course, the Martian women get very mad when that happens, you know, when they see their, their men yeah. folk, you know. And, and, I mean, and they're just, they have all the flaws of humanity. Don't ever, you know, because no matter what. To them, it's different. Yeah, yeah. She, it's the whole exotic she, thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm only interested in her scientifically. Mm-hmm. I bet you want to probe her anyway, don't you? Of course, for Mars! Anyways, but we do have the human traders who are going to try their very best to help the Martians out, and they're probably going to be the most dangerous ones you run across because, of course, they will have identities that can be backed up. They are going to, they are going to you know, realize that those, 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 those crazy kids over there actually are a little bit more showing up a little bit too often. Uh, they're, they're going to realize, you know, and, you know, the, the they may go over and, uh, they're going to be the ones that the human, they, they come up against usually whenever it's important, whenever it'll go for an authority or something like that, most likely that's when you're going to run into the, the, uh, the human traders because they're going to be, uh, the Martians going to do their best to get them in the positions of authority to give the Martians better access to the things that they want. Or they may already be in authority, and the Martians are offering them more. Right. Well, you know, as the saying goes, you know, uh, a power cr- uh, attracts the corruptible, and there's nothing more true than that than politics. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Of course, one thing they might end up doing is, of course, you know, yeah. So there, there is, there's Tard Carlington, you know, bus- you know, business tycoon who's also a front for the Martians. You know, he's the human front. And you start messing with him, that's when the cops show up. Yes, or or a leader of, of a uh, new age religion, you know mm-hmm. that uh, that yeah. that emphasizes retreats and um, and and people, you know, uh, giving up all 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 their their previous uh, identities and uh, uh, and which could be a very good way of providing a ongoing supply of husks for the Martians to crawl into and do stuff, and also operating cash. Well, when people give up ca- all their worldly they have- possessions, they tend to give up their cash too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you have a test you have to take, and it proves that you know it was a Martian way back when that caused your problems. 
Well, it's Martian College of Problems right now, too. I'm making fun of Scientology. So. Oh, oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, all right, right. Get up. Remember, John, bad thoughts can, can sicken the body. Careful now. All right. On the other hand, uh, we do have uh, some unexpected allies in the Venusian heavy metal warriors. The uh, Venusians, uh, which you know, um, you know, who are actually basically a, a form of intelligent vegetable plant, uh, uh, are through genetic manipulation uh, are able to take the nearly the human form. <laughs> they they basically look a little odd, but they uh, but since they also cover themselves in tattoos, spikes, piercings, and uh, uh, play a lot of heavy death metal, uh, people just kind of ignore and, that. And they would not look out of place in a Kiss concert. Absolutely not. They would be Rocket or Guar, or which is a little yeah. too, little too current. But anyways, you know you know what I'm talking about. You know the. These guys, okay, so, uh, and of course, they could always just claim to be foreigners, which of course they are, <laughs> but they're from Mars, um, Mars, Venus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is uh, Venus, yes, and this is uh, uh, originally, uh, France, yes, France, yes, and, and they use, the, they would use the same conehead kind of, I, you know, thing, like, just lie, just, they're the big lie, you know, but the, the, the good thing about them is, is that, you know, if you don't have somebody like Roger, these guys can be your source for heavy, heavy weaponry, because they come loaded for bear. They basically, uh, you know, have sent an expeditionary force to Earth to help to help save the humans, help protect the humans from the Martian predations, because the Martians at one time came to their world and got their butts kicked because these guys weren't taking any any things. Uh, the uh, Mars, how, I'm sorry, uh, Venus is still the way we expected, covered with mist, super super hot, and the the Venusians live deep underground um, in, in basically a super science environment down there. So. Uh, they pretty much, they and the Martians have a kind of like, you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone, except for the fact is that they did send some people over to help the humans on Earth. I have a feeling that anything you, you get from these guys, probably, you know, you know be like uh, a, a, Agent Smith and the Noisy right. Cricket. They're all going to be overpowered. <laughs> Everything is going to be overpowered. Yeah. You know, you get, just, you know, yeah. You, you, so. You know, was what was do uh, first? Don't aim it that way because you'll destroy the building. Aim it over that way. Um, put your one foot back, back a little bit more. Brace yourself. Fire, and they looks back and go, "Okay, you hit the target." Look back. There's no one standing next to him. Looks back. The other looks behind him. Oh, there you are. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all the moral. Of, it's also the line where you fire. It basically hits. The first car and basically plows through every car in the parking lot, yeah, and continues on and disappears, you know, over the horizon, you know, uh, you know, a thousand years later, a planet gets a hole in it, you know, because it keeps. That's the one good thing I, I saw. There was a science fiction story a long time ago where some guy came up with the ultimate gun and he fires it and it basically goes through everything, and they're like. Wow, sooner or later that's going to hit something that somebody cares about. <laughs> and they're oh, going to be coming thinking... back to make us answer questions. And I thought at the time I was like, oh, that's really bad. But then I said, wait a second, it's moving at the speed of light. You know, our nearest star system is four light years away. And then, you know, it has to hit something. So 
we probably got some time. <laughs> Why am I reminded of Johnny Dangerously with Joe Piscopo where he's got the big gun? This shoots through schools. <laughs> Exactly. And that's that's exactly the kind of line they would give. So they would be like, you know, you know, and, 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 and you know, they'd be like, why are we bothering to be covert? Let's just go over and take them out. <laughs> They're Martians. Says they don't deserve to live. You know, they, we hate them. Don't you hate them? We hate them. They hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the trouble is the, the weapon, you know, so the, uh, some of the heavy metal Venetians. Are, are the guys who show up and say we need a gun and they give you a cannon? No, no, no. I want, I want, I want something a little, a little smaller. So he gives you a smaller cannon. And it's like no, 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 no. I'm talking something man portable. They go, that's Venusian portable. And there's that too because they're all very strong. They say they may, they may be you know giant humanoid carrots, but just like the thing, mushrooms. mushrooms yeah. yeah. I always saw them as carrots. But yeah. Mushroom. Yeah. And, you said mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, giant mushrooms. Yeah. yeah the point yeah. is, is that they they uh, they're they're yeah, they're they're able to pass for human, but you know, obviously not under any kind of medical exam. So uh, the uh, so that I think and I think when we say pass for human, you're at a bar and you've had at least six drinks and they pass for human. Oh, if you have beer yeah. goggles on, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, who knows? They 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 could actually like you could actually have one former relationship with somebody under those circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up in the morning and look over and go, ah, <laughs> ah the coyote ugly thing. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're like yeah. like ooh baby, you rocked my world. <laughs> let's sporificate. Let's sporificate again. What? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's that thing where you wake up and they they call it the um, the Wolverine thing. If you you don't you want to leave, but your arm is trapped, and do I gnaw off my arm to get out of here? Yeah, yeah. You wake up in the morning, and for some reason, there's this kind of granular dust all over you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so the last thing the last thing I have here are the fly bats. Okay, and uh, they're um. Uh, uh, they're basically a gigantic uh, uh, fly that basically has, you know, internal, you know, internal structure and and can fly like a bat, but it's really like twenty is like a wingspan that's like twenty thirty feet across, and uh, it, it likes to basically uh, suck people's blood and things like that. Uh, its primary purpose, however, uh, is not to kill people, but to in fact uh, inject embryonic alien, uh, Martians into their bodies where they will grow. Ooh. So, you know, one possible scenario is, is to say, you know, there's all these people are, you know, being assaulted while they're like out jogging or something, or, you know, early morning surf fishing. And when they come to, they're okay. But then later on they start gaining weight, you know, start getting kind of a big in the belly. And, uh, you know, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if they had ultrasounds back in the '80s. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. But uh, definitely, uh, you'd hear a strange heartbeat coming out of that thing. So, and and much like a certain spaghetti dinner on a certain spaceship called Nostromo, birthing is not fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, um, but um, so that's their primary purpose. You know, is to is to also do that in 
to sleeping humans. And of course, you know, with the beach culture, you got people getting drunk and sleeping on the beach. So they have a pretty easy time of it. However, they're also the eyes and ears of the Martian invaders. So they're essentially the equivalent of a Martian drone. They, they can, if they fly around at any decent altitude, nobody's going to think they're anything other than a bat or a large bird, you know, because they're not going to be able to see everything. And they can, uh, and they can transmit uh, a, a TV signal up to 20 miles, which will play hob with all the uh, uh, all the aerials <laughs> that are still in existence uh, for yeah. the people who haven't gone in for cable. Uh, and there was a lot of that back then. But, you know, other than that, uh, uh, and it's also a problem if you manage to capture one of them, because then the Martians are going to be able to tap into what you're doing. Uh, however, uh, there is one benefit to them, and that is, is that uh, they also, you know, they don't like their prey to wake up. So they, the first thing they do is, is that they sting them with a paralyzing uh, venom, which keeps them from waking up or, you know, or, or causing any problems. If you catch a fly bat, then the characters could actually harvest milk that fly bat uh, and use its venom as a non-lethal uh, weapon in case you wanted to play a game where, the uh, much like the X-Men, you're not trying to kill people. You're trying to you know, be, show them that you're better than the Martians by using non-lethal methods. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I can actually now. So it's got like a each wing's like ten foot, but that can just fold right up. So they're probably not that much bigger than say a large dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I can I can see them find places the you know dark eaves and things like that where they climb into, hang upside down, and watch. And of course the Martians going, turn your head. I'm getting sick and tired looking at the upside down pictures. <laughs> Yes, and of course the marshes can communicate them at any time with it, you know, with their TV signals and such. So yeah, yeah, and I can see right now, Mabel, there's this picture out of this park again. I don't know why there's a picture of a park on the TV. Dang, dang, it's on all the channels. <laughs> <laughs> why is it on all the channels? Right. However, they are hideously strong for their size, and they can easily bite off a limb. So gotta be careful. Yes, they are. They are. Uh, even though they're flies and bats, they have a serious bite. Ah. So, you know, but, they, so, I mean, in other words, you should, these things should be hideously strong for their size. You know, that's, they should be surprisingly, you know, and tough and everything else like that. So if they actually do come up against player characters, then you're, 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 that's where you're going to want one of those alien blasters to just vaporize it. So they have a proboscis and, and, and mandibles? Yes. Yeah. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Usually it's one or the other on most most insects, but these are Martian insects. Yes. So of course well, they they're both. obviously bi genetically engineered, <laughs> so they have whatever they're supposed yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyone this is this is an impossibility evolution there, they, you know. and they and they have and of course they have the, you know the big multifaceted eyes, which allows you know to get basically circle vision. You know, out of their TV, out of their TV picture. Yeah, at least two hundred and seventy degrees. Yep, at least, so that makes it really hard to sneak yeah. up on them. Yeah, but I think as you make note, you can, if you put them to a Faraday cage, which is a uh, a simple Faraday cage, you can make out of, of a, a fine copper mesh. 
you know, and you put them in the cage. Well, actually, you probably want a proper cage and then wrap it in the in the fine wire mesh and ground it. And that pretty much kills their signal. And Blinky and Blinky the Wonder Flybat, you can now you know keep and milk and feed it. You know, um, rejects from the blood bank, <laughs> or you know, mice, herbals, whatever. You know, just like you'd you'd feed a snake. You know, they just suck the blood out of something small and. And and, it's, it's and that's and that's and that's and that's when Mitzi shows up and goes, "What are you doing with those hamsters?" Exactly. Yes, <laughs> there's going to be problems no matter what you do if you play your characters right. Because as you know, I love games where everything goes wrong. <laughs> All right, so that's basically the the pitch of the the uh, uh, the game of California uh, Beachhead. What do you guys think about it? I do like it. I do like. Uh, let's see. I'm, I I had to reboot everything, so there was a bit I was out on. Let me try to find the. I like the um, the glossary of the various terms. I love that. That's a nice touch. Uh, let's see. Uh, what I, else? Actually, I do like the write up of each of the characters because it does. It definitely does make them. Uh, stand out and if you're if you are using say a system like fate you pretty much written their aspects right. at that point yeah i, I so want to make it easily... easy for people to, to come into the game if they don't want to do all the hard work and, and a lot of times conceptualizing games is the result of really understanding you know how they how the characters could interact or what they look like and, and this gives them a, a lot of choices yeah yeah, and and pretty much, I almost want to say, you, know, you have two. Cho- they have two choices, of course. One one person plays the Kahuna, and you know plays him per, per type, or the Kahuna is a everyone plays type situation, like I mentioned before, where yeah. there he's controlled by all the players, or she's controlled by all the players, okay. and that way you don't have the problem of yeah, there's John playing the Kahuna again. He's going to solve all the problems at the end of the game, isn't he? Yeah, no, no. No, everyone is the Kahuna at that point, and it's like um, what was that one game? Everyone's John, where basically it takes off. The, it basically it's a take on the movie. Everyone's John Malkovic. Oh, okay. You know, all right. Well, you, you covered pretty it pretty just... earlier in the pod in, in the episode here, so I think you pretty much made your point. And I, 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 do, I think that that's certainly a a, a possible way to go with it. Um, and uh, and and I'm not saying that's a bad way, and I think we should explore that. If we can get uh, yeah. uh, Tritac yeah. to uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. look at it, to, yeah. to basically get the green light on it. Yeah. Now I would say though, because because if you go that route, that would let you use all the Kahunas and their different and their different powers. If you are going to do a player character, I almost want to say one one Kahuna, and sort of you know, and then it's up to the GM to figure out how to get the Kahuna at screen time, so to speak, when he's, he really wants to catch those waves. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the point. You know, yeah. You ha- it's, it's, it's also good for um, a character who uh, let's say they're not, you know, really invested in, in, in the adventure, not, you know, there's different people, kind of people who play role-playing games and some people, they really don't, uh, want to be deeply involved in the narrative, but they like to show up when the action starts, you know, or things. Yeah. And so this would be somebody where they could basically, you know, do whatever they need to do and then get back on their, uh, you know, on, on their phone, you know, and, and get back, get back on, you know, uh, uh, you know, Pinterest or whatever. Yeah. Now one thing, one thought would be, um, 
because because this was actually was a thing in some in some shows back then that was you know would there would you consider also adding in say some sort of organization now it may be an ad hoc organization so to speak um you know background that's fighting the martians and these kids are being recruited into them and maybe the kahuna is the main contact through it um you know uh much what was it dread the detroit rockers uh, against the uh, against existing discourse now that i forgot, I forgot the exact how the acronym was i the, I, uh, I don't know the, i know what dread is had, the game you play with jenga yeah that, that too yeah but no i mean but basically you know because some players will say, well, so these kids are just running around, you know, the temptation is to have something like Mystery Inc. Yes, I know, and, know, and it's not it's that's not a bad idea. Yeah, but, so perhaps yeah, that would then mean there's another character, there would be another character, at least NPC type, and that is the uh, the Charlie, as in Charlie's Angels. Well, that could be that could be somebody that, you know, like I said, one of the kahunas has contacts. Right. And so maybe that person, you know, if you need something, that person or maybe that person goes and calls her and says, hey, but I, I really I really like the idea that nobody else really believes in any of this. They you know, they're a, they're a bunch of crazy kids who are, you know, because they're willing to think outside the box, they are able you know they're able to be the forefront of this battle that basically uh, the shadow war that nobody else even sees so you know if you bring in a a basically an alpha uh leader type then in some ways that really steals the spotlight from the the um the agency of the actual characters but hey you know it's it's something to consider um i'm i'm not saying no like i said this is uh, i i like all ideas uh, I, I just I just realized who would be the perfect person for this because no one because no one believes these kids because it's strange weird aliens out there. But he was in California at the time, Harlan Ellison. And the reason why it's so hilarious, if you're familiar with Mister Inc., he also was the the became the head contact for the Scooby Gang in that series well you know we would never uh, <laughs> get permission from harlan ellison to do that because he'd want to get paid oh yeah 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 but still it, it's you know it, it can be you know what was his name again richard richard anderson or was it yeah uh court wainer uh, uh court wainer smith no no from bureau 13 oh, i don't know it was Richard. It was amalgamation of two two uh, writers' names. I can't remember. Robert Harris. Robert Harrison. Oh, oh, Harrison. Robert Harrison. Yeah, yeah. the writer. Yes, Robert Harrison. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. So basically, his his main role is not. It's more like he's the he's the quest he's the quest giver. He's also a um, a resource of last resorts. That is, and if you're completely stuck, he's your he's your clue by four. Yeah. Well, I have uh, in playtesting. I have used uh, uh, used this as a uh, as a group that the that the bureau ended up recruiting, you know, at the end. And they, at which point they said, you know, well, you know, we want you to join the bureau. And they said, now oh, we've got a job to do. You know, we you go chase ghosts, okay? Says we we ain't we ain't no no uh, mystery ink here. We've got aliens to take care of. Yeah, there's a bunch of there's some of the kids over in Crystal Cove you may want to talk to. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an actual place. Okay. 
I'm sure there's a crystal. Yeah, I'm sure there's a crystal clove somewhere, John. <laughs> like Mermaids uh, Point, which with real mermaids, you know, except they're bioengineered, you know, alien, you know, art, you know, yeah, a- a- alien slaves, you know, in an undersea base that you know uh, ask the ask the, uh, uh, the the kids to uh, go out and and uh, help them uh, break free and and. and it's 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 actually a state park in California, Crystal Co- Crystal Cove State Park, yeah. on a beach. Okay, there'll be places there'll be places set set. You know where are we going? You're going to Crystal Cove, and those who in the know would go what? Yeah, Crystal Cove State Park. We're going to the beach <laughs> and catch some. There was like yay because <laughs> they all love that, it's, you know. And they yeah, it's right next it's right next to Laguna I'll, Beach. I'll so come all I'll come all the all the coolers. <laughs> I'll get loaded in the back of the pickup trucks and. You know, with all, with the the uh, the roll bars and everyone grabs onto them and goes racing down the beach. Yeah, I mean, we want to get all that in there. We want to get the sun, you know the sun worship, you know the, the sun drenched afternoons. You know, you know the whole it never rains in California. I think you know, I mean, unless you're trying to like set the stage for something, and I I don't think it should ever rain during any of these adventures. <laughs> <laughs> should always no, be no. always be gorgeous you know and and and, and big moon sky you know uh starry skies and things like that you know uh yeah well you could easily turn this into bureau nine nine oh two one right and, and you, which try. which i'm not <laughs> trying to i'd like it i'd like it to be a standalone game on its own uh and i basically you know, really spend this instead of you know spend the time trying to do its best at capturing that whole you know mythical eighties, the mythical you know or. Uh, uh, so we have to we have to ask this question because we you know where's the portal? Oh, I don't know. For I don't think we want to get into that right now, but probably yeah. a whole bunch <laughs> of it. Probably the closest place would be Carlsbad Cavern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or with this group, Big Sur. <laughs> that too, yeah. Hey, do that one. Have the ha, have yeah. the uh have the fridge where they come out in the middle of a love in. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, we've come to the right world this time. Finally. <laughs> Finally, we came to the right world. Oh no, even better. It's 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 the one little nude beach that the, the in California that they come on to. It's like, okay, I think we're overdressed. Or, or when the wind that comes back, they go, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure that the uh, uh, the key yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's there's a yeah. Uh, we always want to you know say somewhere that there's a connection to Fringeworthy, and there always is. Yeah. But I mean, California was a place where you could expect there to be a, like an ostrich farm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know? Right next, right next to the uh, uh, earthworm farm, and they would be having a, they would be having a lethal cop, <laughs> a lethal conflict with each other, because certain certain ones keep coming over and <laughs> digging into the into the trays. Uh, yep, and it was the start of their work. Not until 1984, so depending where you're going to set up, there you know. But there were some home computers, but they really were more hobbyist things. The Altair. It wasn't. Yeah, but even but in the middle of the 1980s, John, they had PCs. They were just PCs and ATs. That was about the most they had. 
And they were mostly business computers. For the well, they had computer. color cards on them. You could play some video games, but it was. But the. Yeah, but right. I think that was when Nintendo was coming in. Atari was definitely big stuff at the oh, top. Oh yeah, the, the twenty. Time. Yeah, that was oh, the yeah. twenty six hundred era, right there. Right, but they also oh, had yeah. the. They also had the eight hundreds, which were actually programmable computers, and they had modems. You know, with the putting mm. the phone down inside of the cups. And they had all that stuff, you know, from like out of war games. Uh, so yeah. all that stuff was still yeah. going on. It was the oh, nascent beginning God. of yeah. the uh, of the computer age. Yeah, yeah. And computers like the like the original Mac really started bringing in because the Mac was not considered a business computer; it was considered a home computer. It wasn't um, how they tried so to sell it to me when I tried to buy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. But yeah, they were trying to be practical with it. They, they, they totally forget that we'd be using it like, you know, to talk to each other across the country. Nobody had that idea. Yeah, all they had. And there were bulletin boards on, you oh, know, that come you, on. Oh, the BBS system. The But uh, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you're going to, if you're going to play this, you, you want to, you, you may need to come up with a guide of a guide to the eighties. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. We'd have to add as much of that as possible into the actual game book to try to just say, these are all things that were going on then that you should feel free to add into your game, you know, and, uh, and, and, and also, but make sure you say, these are the limitations. So for example, you've got a modem, so you can't communicate over the quote, you know, what wasn't the internet, but basically the phone lines, but you were limited to text that you, you could literally read off the page as it was coming into your computer. It was that slow. Okay, I, uh, folks, I do have, and yeah, it's D20, but I'm going to use this as a matter of source material. Uh, Scorch Earth Studios, Chris A. Field did it. It's called D20 Decade, the 1980s. Would be fantastic source material for this type of game. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, uh, movies like Earth Girls Are Easy, okay. uh, frankly, any of the, um, uh, uh, well, it was a, po- a post apocalyptic, but uh, Night of the Comet. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, uh, just The Goonies. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, all that's, you know, that stuff. Um, there were lots of teen movies that were coming out at that time, a lot of them having to do with vampires and other things. Oh, The Lost uh, Boys, yeah. Lost Boys. So I'm just saying, is it you know? There's it, it was it was a time when you uh, you could be stylish and cool and love the beach and uh, run around and, and of course Baywatch, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and with jet boats and everything else because you're by the water, you better take good use of it. You know, people could be going up in uh, balloons, you know, hot air balloons, or even riding um, parasails yeah. you know, behind behind uh, speedboats. You know, trying to get to places that might be they might have no other way of getting to, uh, in in case they have to like you know go and land on the top of a roof of some kind, or just be jumping out of planes and flying down in parachutes. That kind of things happened on beaches all the time back in the eighties. Or certainly in the eighties, weird, weird suggestion. Yeah, and there's you know, and this is also the era of things like you know the A Team, and we mentioned ah, it earlier. Yes. You, you know, uh, the Three's Company, um, Night Court. Uh, um, oh, I'm looking for. I'm trying to remember. Was Night Rider of this? Yeah, yeah. Night Rider no, was, sure was in the eighties. Yep, it was. Yeah, Night Rider. Yeah, and and, oh, other, there, and, there and there's more science fiction, Mantis, uh, the. Auto Man. 
Oh yeah, Auto, Auto Man, Man. Yeah. Auto Man. Yeah, the uh, the, the uh, Teddy Ru- Teddy Ruxpin. The, the... Oh, I can imagine doing a scenario with Teddy oh, please, Ruxpin. You know, and and Alf might actually drop by. <laughs> but the, no, no. Uh, just no, no, watch Teddy Ruxpin. For those of you not familiar, Terry Rexman was with the first attempts at audio audio animatronic right yeah audio audio animatronic toys. Uh, use a tape. You know what was really fun with a Teddy Ruxpin? Put in a rock and roll tape. Teddy Ruxpin's mouth would move to the guitar. I'm amazed. Trav, yeah. that's very. I've never heard that before. Thank you for sharing that. Well, yeah. no. Um, and Josie knows him. Harold from the Sunday game. Harold's little brother Max had one of them, and we did that. And he was to say Harold's little brother wasn't all that. He he didn't find it funny. He and I, Harold and I did. Max not so much. But yeah, that if you ever find a Teddy Ruxpin, put in like a Black Sabbath take. It'll make your day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, th- thanks oh, yeah. guys for helping yeah. me out. You know, in, in pitching this. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, Melody and, and and crew will. Uh, listen to this and say, wow, that really does sound like a great game and we should do that. There's just something I want to, I want to say here that about this game, that it, it's a great idea. It's, it's a good way to research. The eighties were a fun decade. I mean, heck just look at Beverly Hills cop and look at you know, some of the stuff that went on there. But the, the fact that we went through this with such great care on this podcast, I could say, I guess we could say there was a lot of Mike love. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, thanks for helping me out on this. And, uh, uh, and, and like I say, uh, and thanks for your ideas, John and, uh, and Trav. And, uh, uh, and we, I look forward to uh, seeing what, uh, what happens in the future with it. And if anybody else out there who's listening to us has a game that they want to pitch to TriTech and you want to come on the show and pitch it, we'd be glad to hear that oh, yeah. and, uh, and, let, and let you do that. So, uh, but uh, if you want that to happen, you're going to have to wait until next week. So until then. Yo, brothers, this was the TriTech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers.